Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. To his people, and that is joy. So we're going to talk about nurture joy in our lives. And Apostle Paul, who is the author of Philippians, writes this and he tells us every single day we wrestle with things. You know, from the time you wake up in the morning till the time you go to bed, you wrestle with things. Choices in our life determine where we go. It determines our destiny. What you choose ultimately reflects in what comes out. And so Paul is asking us and telling us through this chapter that we are, every single one of us, facing a battle. A battle that we deal with every single day. We battle with our desires, our yearnings, our own wantings, all of these things. The world that we live in has a culture of more, which means that we want more of this, we want more of that. We live in this culture of more. And what Paul's trying to challenge us and tell us is that we can either live in this culture of more or we can begin to walk in the Spirit. The choice is, is ours. And he says, but be filled with the Spirit of God. We have to bear fruits of the Spirit. And every day we get this chance to choose whether we, we submit ourselves to the culture of this world or we choose, in fact, to follow the will of God and live in the Spirit. It's really difficult at times, I know, because we've all struggled with it. We struggle with the choices that we face because the culture around us often influences us with stories and narratives and things that pull us and drag us away from being spirit-led and emotionally connected with God. We have to embody the fruits of the Spirit and just choosing what we want does not always bring us the benefit that God has for us. And so... If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you this important thing today. If you choose to follow Jesus Christ at every moment, at every single opportunity, at every scenario, in every situation, you can bear the fruit of the Spirit. Because God has given that to us. If you're a child, Christ follower, if you're, you proclaim the name of Jesus, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, and we have the opportunity to bear spiritual fruits in every situation. Our choices determine our destiny. Our choices determine our destiny. You don't have to act out of the flesh. You don't have to act out of the desires of this world. But you can live in the spirit. You can choose to follow what God desires for us to do. And that's what we want to talk about today. How we nurture joy. How do we cultivate the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. And today we're going to talk about the characteristics, the idea, and the outcomes of joy. We're going to talk about what kind of church we can really be by nurturing the culture of joy rather than the culture of more distraction, angst, frustrations, and all the things that the world actually offers us. And I think... If we are to talk about joy, if we are to have a conversation about joy, we need to be honest. For many people, joy and happiness are synonyms. They mean the exact same thing. But I'm here to tell you that they are profoundly and radically different. Happiness and joy are two completely different things. You see, happiness 
is something that comes from the word happenstance or happening or even the three-letter word hap, which really means the surprise occasion that brings pleasure. That's what happenstance, hap, means. A surprise occasion that brings pleasure. But here's the thing. A lot of us gravitate to happiness, but we often find out that they are just temporary situations. Happiness is temporary, but you realize that if you're fully grounded in God, it's completely different because happiness comes from the outside while joy comes from the inside. Happiness is based on a situation that's external to you, something you get, something you observe, something you experience. But joy is completely different. It comes from the inside. It comes from a deep place. And for many of us in this life, we get happiness because we want to get a boost of our spirit. We go through a rough day. You know, we're going through the commute. We get up in the morning. We go to work. We come back. We're exhausted. We're tired. We maybe want to go out with some friends, watch a movie. That brings us temporary happiness. We're happy. And sometimes we get addicted to happiness because we seek it out. We desire it. And, you know, I don't seem to be happy with my life, so I'm going to choose something that will help me become a little bit better, a little boost in my life. And while we're doing this, we realize and we get caught up in the pattern of addiction to happiness. And what I want to tell you today, what I want to talk with you today is about joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. A a little while ago, you know, I wanted something really desperately, and I have this desire to have this Mac, you know, Mac. The first time I got it, I had with girlish glee. I had this in my hands. I was like, oh, excited. Like, oh, this is an awesome thing. This is the height of modern technology. This is the best we can do as a species. It's in my hands. I wanted it. It's right here, right now. You know, it's awesome. I've made it. This is what I desired from a little baby. I'm just kidding. But that's what I have. Right? And you can see happiness all over my face. But that happiness quickly faded a week later when Apple announced that they were launching a new Mac that was faster, better, does more things, and better looking. My happiness vanished like that. You know? And, and, and the, the thing about happiness is that it's just temporary. We get something in our life, we observe a situation, or we do something that brings us a little boost. And we boost ourselves up, but we realize quickly that it's just temporary. It doesn't last. It might last a minute, it might last a week, but that doesn't last forever. We buy something that gives us a little bit of a boost, and we become happy. That's momentary happiness. But joy, joy is resolved. Joy is a state of mind. Joy is this profound sense of security, knowing that it's ongoing because it comes from a place that's eternal. Joy is not based in circumstances. Joy is not rooted in something that we desire. It's so much more than that. In fact, Jesus said in John 15, verse 8 to 11, he says this. When you, speaking to the disciples, produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. 
I have told you these things so that you may be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Jesus is saying, I'm not telling you these things just so you can get a momentary thing. I'm telling you these things so you can be the kind of person who is filled up with joy. In fact, Jesus promised us a life of abundance. And one of the things he offers us is joy. He wants your life to be overflowing. I want to show you this example. You know, if I fill this up like this, is that overflowing? Is it full? No, it's half. Now it's probably full. You would agree? But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying, I want you to have a full life. He says, I want you to have an overflowing life, which spills over. In fact, David said, my cup runneth over. It's an overflow of his love. It's an overflow of joy. It's not just full. It's overflowing. He wants your life to be overflowing with joy. And so my question this morning is a simple question. Are you overflowing with joy? Is your life overflowing with joy? Are you filled with joy? Or do you see yourself or do you find yourself living a life where there's a joy deficiency? You know what a joy deficiency is? It's an absence of joy. You don't have it anymore. And you see, when you have an absence of joy, you go towards happiness. Happiness is the drug we run to when there's an absence of joy. Joy comes from a place that is eternal. When you find yourself with that joy, you realize that this is something that comes from one place and one place only. It comes from your relationship with Jesus Christ. It comes from that place eternally, alone. There's no other source of joy but Jesus Christ. Happiness is something that maybe will give you a little bit of a boost, make you feel a little bit better, make you think you've arrived and everything is good, but it disappears. Sometimes we choose happiness over heaven because we want a boost in our life. And what Jesus is saying is this. No, I want you to be filled with joy. It's only me that you can get real joy from. It's only from me that you can get joy that's overflowing. And this is the only place that is eternal that will have an everlasting joy. I'm telling you, church, today that we need to put away our temporary search for happiness and reach out our arms to the eternal one who can give us true joy. Only from him can we reap the benefits of this amazing relationship and this connection from the king of glory that pours joy into our life. Paul speaks about this when he gets to Philippians 4, verse 4 and 5. He says, always be full of the joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. In every circumstance, you have the option. Don't allow your circumstance to dictate how you act, think, or feel. Because they are temporary. And what, what Paul is trying to remind us is that if we have this connection, it's a secure line. It's like encrypted. No one else can disrupt it. No one can hack it. 
It's a secure line from heaven down to you. And it's a joy that keeps overflowing. Allow yourself to be moved by the joy of the Lord and not by temporary situations. What is joy then? If we say it's not the same as happiness, what is joy? Is it different from happiness? Absolutely. To me, joy is an eternal perspective, gifts of grace, and a divine contentment all rooted in Jesus Christ. I'll say it again. I want to talk to you about these three things. Point number one, eternal perspective. Number two, gifts of grace. And number three, divine contentment. To help us live a life of joy and ongoing relationship with the source of our joy. And see, and we can be brimming, we can be overflowing, we can be saturated with joy. We don't have to live a life of joy deficiency when we are able to live a joy, a life of joy abundance. The choices determine how we do this. And so number one, joy is an eternal perspective. Joy is something that allows us to see a bigger picture. Because happiness narrows our perspective to one thing. It narrows it down to this thing that's going to bring me temporary happiness. But joy widens our perspective to a heavenly realm. It shows us the greatness of God. It shows us the destiny of our lives. It shows us where we can be. And so often you realize that a little thing, the enemy comes running into your life and trips you up and makes you fall and we lose our joy like that. Someone cuts you off. You're upset. You know, driving in Melbourne is a headache. But wait till you get to Philippines. <laughs> Someone gossiped about you, you're upset. Someone has said something and slandered you. Someone has posted something on Facebook that insinuates something about you. Someone has done something that has caused you hurt and pain. And all of a sudden, your energy, poof, it's just gone. It just disappears like that. But what I'm trying to say is that when we have an eternal perspective, it doesn't narrow us down to a one-dimensional view, which sees it shows us a larger perspective. And going back to Philippines, Paul reminds us and he says, look, always be filled with joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. But at the very end, he says, remember, the Lord is coming. Why do you think Paul is writing that to remind the church, to remind his followers, to remind us today that the Lord is coming. Because he says, hey, don't lose sight of the eternal perspective. Don't focus on the narrow now. Focus on the eternal perspective that we are destined for heaven. That we are going to get there. That don't lose sight of this big grandeur vision. The story is ongoing. It's not ended. And so he says, for many of us, we choose happiness over heaven. We choose the temporary over the eternal because we want a momentary boost to lift us out of our temporary situations. And what he's saying is that we choose happenstance, something to boost over, boost us, make us feel better, make us escape a little bit of reality, but heaven is the cost. And he says, heaven is going to be awesome. Heaven is going to be a great place because the scriptures tell us that heaven is a place where everything is good. Heaven will be a place of no more death. Heaven will be a place of no more mourning. Heaven will be a place of no more sickness, no more suffering, no more brokenness, no more pain, no more heartache. Heaven is going to be this perfect place where we will rest eternally with the one who gave us life. 
And sometimes we lose sight of that when we focus just on the momentary pleasure of happiness. You know, and, and so often in life, we can look at this and say, Hey, Paul, it's great for you to tell us all of these things. That's great. But what are you talking about? Where you, what's going on in your life? And I want to tell you that when Paul wrote this letter, he was in prison. He was in chains. He was bound. And he was put in detention. No way to escape. And he still writes and says, People, I want you to have joy. Because joy doesn't come from your circumstance. Joy comes from the Lord. And no matter where you are, your relationship with God determines your joy. You know, and it's so often temporary things mess us up. Little situations confuse us. Little situations trip us up. When I was in the Philippines most recently, I had to get up to go somewhere, got myself ready, dressed, you know, ready to leave, open up my bag, ready to check had this bag where I put all my stuff in, which leads to another story, because the year before that, uh, I was there in the Philippines again, and we went to see a movie. Miko was there, he can tell you. So after the movie, we were about to leave the theater, and I realized, shock of shocks, my wallet's missing. I was like, that's gone. My ID's in there, my money's in there, my credit card's in there. Joy? What joy? It's all gone. All right? And so we rush back in, and we use our little torch phone lights and try to find between the seats, and eventually we find it. It's lost there, which is good. Like, thank you, Jesus. So that's why I put all my stuff in a bag, right? So open up the bag, check, iPad check, keys check, toilet paper check, you need that in the Philippines. (laughs) Wallet, no wallet. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having recurring memories of all that happened last year. This is not good. I try to remember where I was when I last used my wallet. I was in an Uber-style car. They dropped me off at the hotel. I'm thinking, what a fool. You must have dropped it in the car. This is just ridiculous. This is sad. I open up my suitcase just to double check over there. Nothing in the suitcase. I go into the bathroom, look over there. I look under the bed. There's a little safe in the room. I open the safe. It's not anywhere in sight. It's like, oh gosh. Again, money, ID, credit card. So Miko comes into the room, and I'm like, I'm missing my wallet. He goes, did you check everywhere? I'm like, yes, I did, in frustration. And he goes, okay, did you check your bag? I'm like, yes, I checked my bag. And he goes, did you check your pockets? No. No. There it is. (laughs) And I had inadvertently put it there without even thinking automatically. And what I'm saying is that it's so easy to lose our joy. One little thing just makes us lose our mind. You know, someone cuts you off, you don't have to lose your joy. Someone talks about you, you don't have to lose your joy. You lose your wallet, that's okay, because our God will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory. It's just a temporary thing. And so often, we sacrifice the wider perspective for a narrow perspective of something that will give us temporary happiness. But here's the thing. The situation doesn't have the last word. God has the last word. God has the last word in your life. And he says, evil will not will. He says, evil will never triumph, never will be overcome you, because light pushes back darkness. And if we truly trust him, if we truly believe him, that he is the supply of all our needs, that he is able to do all things, then we don't have to worry. We can just rest in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord 
will carry you. The joy of the Lord will sustain you. The joy of the Lord will be there even when you lose your temporary happiness. Because joy comes from Him and not from circumstances. Number two, the peace of joy. Joy is one of the gifts of grace. I want you to see this. I want you to understand it. When Paul says, always be full of of the joy of the Lord, I say again, rejoice. What's amazing is that in the original language, the word for grace is zaras. The word for joy is zara. And the word for rejoice is zario, which literally means that those words came out of joy. Now you see that these simple words, these words joy and rejoice means just one thing, because of grace. Because of grace. That's why I received it. It wasn't because of what I did. It wasn't because of what I earned. But God gave it to me freely because of his love, because of his sacrifice. He gave me grace. He gave me joy. So what is joy? Joy is there because grace and grace of Jesus Christ came into my life. I have joy because of the grace given to me by Jesus Christ. You have joy because of the grace given to you by Jesus Christ. It comes from one source and it is him. I can rejoice now and we have to realize that we can continue to rejoice. Our joy level should be high when it comes to that because our joy should be coming from our relationship with Christ and not from anything else. I'm always amazed by how many sincere Christ followers don't realize their blessing. In fact, what Paul is trying to remind us is that people who count their blessings, the blessings of grace on a daily basis, increase their joy level, keep their joy level full. And oftentimes, and I was one of them, I didn't count my blessings, I didn't realize that, I didn't look at that situation. But when you do, when you realize that when you count your blessings, when you name them one by one, remember the old song? It says this, because of grace, I'm saved. You can say that. You can count that. Because of grace, I'm saved. Because of grace, I don't have to define myself by my past. Because of grace, I am a new man. Because of grace, I have access to the Father. Because of grace, I'm filled with the Spirit of God. Because of grace, I have gifts. Because of grace, God has given me a family. Because of grace, you can keep on counting over and over and over again. And you'll never run out. Because the grace of God is sufficient. Abundant. More and more. Just try that once. Try. We should try it every day. Count your blessings. Realize how much you have. Realize what God has given you in your life. But when you don't do that, when we don't count our blessing, you'll find yourself counting other people's blessings. You won't worry what's in your yard. You look at someone else's yard. And we get frustrated. We get angry. God, why did they have that? They don't even deserve to get that. But here's the thing. None of us deserve to get anything but by the grace of God. And when you're busy counting other people's blessings, you don't realize how much God has blessed you. 
And what Paul is trying to remind us is that when you realize how much God has blessed you, when you realize the gifts of grace that have been poured into your life, when you realize how abundant His love is for you, you begin to realize that you will have a life filled with joy because you know God is for you and not against you. That He's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. That He's designed you for success. That He wants to give you a future. And so many times... When we don't do that, you'll watch your joy just decrease. Because we're busy comparing ourselves with someone else. Busy looking at their blessings. God blessed them with their blessings, but God has blessed you with blessings as well. What might have we felt like? What will it feel like? How would we react if we really understood that God is for us? Oftentimes, we look at ourselves like this. We pour ourselves, you know, we look and say, hey, our glass is half full. But look at that glass. It has a lot of it in it. We compare ourselves and we say, hey, it's not fair. But God has blessed you. God has overflowed. His desire is for overflow in your life. And when you're busy counting someone else's blessings, you're not counting your own blessings. Stay focused in your yard. Stay focused on the gifts that God has given you because he's given you abundance. The gift of God given to you is unique to you. When you're counting your blessings, you will have great joy. Number three, joy is divine contentment. Paul uses these words in Philippians 4, 11 to 13. He says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I, have, I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. What is Paul saying? He's saying, it's so amazing. That last line there is reminding us of John 15, where we find our strength, we find our life, we find our connection in Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, I've learned the secret of being content. I've been in difficult situations, I've been in good situations. I've been in situations where I have lots of needs, and I've been in situations where I've had no needs. But I've experienced the joy of the Lord because it does not come from anything around me, it comes from my relationship with Him. I know now that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is joy. This is what an understanding of joy is. This is joy resolve. This is joy in divine contentment. This is the realization that God has given this to me. And it doesn't come from anywhere else but from Him. This is the belief that I'm better in Christ than in anybody else's story. That I'm able to do all things in Christ. And if I just get a little bit more joy that's ongoing, it'll be well, rather than my chase for happiness that will last two minutes, two weeks, two months, or even two years, but it then disappears. It's really hard for us, though. I think to live in a culture that sells us a new product, a new device, a new thing all the time. You open up your front door and go out, there's advertisement. You get on your car or you get in your train to go somewhere, there's advertising telling you you need this. And you're not complete until you need this. And you'll be better off and you'll be more content and you'll be more happy if you have this new app or this new phone 
or this new device. If you just realize that our joy that comes from God is meant to be overflowing and not half fill. If you realize that we can experience this on a daily basis and not run after happiness for momentary boosts in our life. When you learn these things, you can say, I can admire it and I don't have to acquire it. You can say I'm rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and I don't need anything else to make me better because I know my God is all for me and takes care of me, supplies my needs. I have ultimate joy. I have perfect joy because I have Jesus Christ. Have you ever experienced someone who has divine contentment? Someone who is at peace? Secure in the knowledge that they are in Christ and Christ is in them. There's a depth there. There's a, a peace there. There's something that we admire. We say, I want some of that too. When you get to these people, they have a peace that passes all understanding. And I believe that God designs every single one of us to live that way. To live at peace knowing that God is with us. That joy comes from Him. What about you? How content are you really? And this is not a quiz. I'm not going to ask you to come up here and tell me how you are. This is a self-analysis. How content are you really? No one has to know you. No one can answer to that question. Is your contentment in what you have or in whose you are? I think for some of us here today, the word joy is, is an imperative thing. It's just the same. We hear messages like, always be full of joy. We read Paul saying, I want to say again to you, rejoice in the Lord. You hear that, and for some of us, you think, that's pressure. That's pressure for me to adapt and be like everyone else in the church and, and conform to something. But you realize, that when you realize that people in this room, some people in this room, besides this many people, some of us are going through depression. Some of us are battling with fear. Some of us have pain and hurt and we're wrestling with a whole bunch of stuff in our lives. You find yourself suffocating. You find yourself being overwhelmed. You feel like the world is closing in on you, that you're sinking. You can't breathe. You can't focus. And then you hear this saying, have joy, have joy. But it's difficult. It's hard. You might have the question, well, how do you do it though? How do you really get joy? The Apostle Peter had an experience that shed some light on how. Peter wanted to walk on water, and he did for a little while. Jesus called him out, he stepped off the boat, and he began to walk on water. And then he looked around and he saw the clouds, the rain, the size of the waves, and he began to sink. But what the scripture tells us is that as long as he focused his eyes on Christ, it was okay. As long as he had that attention fixed on Jesus, he was able to do what he was supposed to do. But as soon as he got distracted by things around him, by everything else calling his attention, he began to sink. And it's the same for us. As soon as we get distracted by the, the overwhelming needs of the world or the pressure of the world or, or the desires of the world, or our wantings and our desires, and we look everywhere else, we begin to sink in this world. But here's the great thing. 
When Peter sank, Jesus walked over, grabbed a hold of him, and pulled him out. I'm so glad that we have a Savior, that even though when we go through a difficult time, that he doesn't watch us sink, but he comes to our aid and lifts us up. Our strength is in the knowledge that God is our supply, that God gives us true joy, that our joy is overflowing because it comes from a relationship with Jesus. When we fix our eyes on Christ, we will experience the things that God has for us. We will experience Jesus walking towards us and overwhelming us with joy. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for every single one of us. That's what I want for me. Be anchored in Christ. Allow him to see you. Allow him to hold you. Allow him to walk with you. Allow him to help you when you need help. Because he's able to and he wants to. It's in Christ for all of us. Our joy will rise. It's so critical that we fix our eyes on Christ. So how do we do it though? How do you do it in a culture that seems to be overwhelming us with distractions, with angst, with frustrations and stuff? How do we become the kind of people or kind of disciples that cultivate or nurture joy in our lives? I'll leave you with four ways and then we're done. Number one, we choose heaven over happenstance. We choose heaven over happenstance. Every day, we never lose sight of the goal. We never lose sight of Christ. We never narrow our perspective to the temporary place of something or someone that gives us temporary happiness. But we have a wider view. We have a a broad view of heaven and what that represents to us. We step back and we remember where this story comes from. Whose story are we in? Not on our own, but in God's great plan. We remember heaven. Second, we count our blessings. Count our blessings nonstop. Stop counting other people's blessings and start counting your own blessings. Get in a chair before you go to work, or even if it's a temporary place of quietness, talk to God. Think about what he does for you. Count your blessings. Say, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for my blessing. I thank you for healing me. I thank you for the shoes on my feet. I thank you for the shirt on my back. I thank you for all that you do for me, and you can continue to go on and on. Stop looking at other people's blessings and start counting your own blessings and you will see your joy rise. Number three, stop feeding discontentment. Someone writes something about you on Facebook, you're gravitated towards it. It upsets you. Someone says something bad about you or someone told you that they said something bad about you, you want to discover who that is. But yet it's discontentment. Someone talks about you. That's okay. Don't worry about who talks about you. Wonder about who says good about you. Stop worrying about what other people say about you and start examining what God says about you. Stop feeling discontentment. When you look at other people's lives and go, I wish I had that, I wish I had that, forget about that. Look into your own life and see how much God has blessed you. You know, stop feeling discontentment. Protect your joy at all costs. Don't give it away to social media. Don't give it away to advertisement. Don't give it away so easily. Protect your joy. Your joy that's in the Lord. Lastly, learn to enjoy life. We have one life to live. Let's start living it. 
Let's stop wondering about other people. Let's stop worrying about other situations that we can control and learn to live life that God has given you. Enjoy what God has given you. It's not about purchasing stuff. It's not about acquiring stuff. It's just about enjoying the presence of the Lord. See, but oftentimes we just ignore things. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time away. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy what you have in your life. Enjoy your job, even though there's things you can complain about. Look at the good things. Enjoy what God has blessed you with. Enjoy life. If your joy is in the eternal perspective, if your joy is in the gifts of grace, if your joy is in the divine contentment, all of it coming because you're anchored in Christ, you will see joy overflow, overflow in your life, like being poured over by God and it overflows your cup, it runs over. It doesn't have to be half full. It doesn't have to be quarter full. It doesn't have to even be full. God desires abundance and overflowing in your life. And that's what he promises us. So, you'll have moments throughout your day where you wrestle with questions, whether to walk in your flesh or to be led by the Spirit. You can receive joy from God or you can chase after temporary happiness. But if you're counting other people's blessings and not your own, if you're pulled away by distractions, if you're not going to enjoy your life, you're going to grind your teeth and struggle through life and every situation is going to be a painful situation and a frustrating situation and a mad situation. Or you can enjoy what God has given you and realize that all supply comes from Him. If you live like that with your joy that comes from the Lord, you're going to be like a cup that overflows. You're not going to be a cup that's empty. And when you tell people about Christ, they're not going to say, oh, that's, yeah, that's great, I don't want any of it. Because you look depressed, you look sad, I don't want any of that stuff in my life. <laughs> but they're going to be some, there's something attractive of someone clothed with the beauty of the Lord. There's something attractive when you have the joy of the Lord. There's something that people desire when you're full of overflowing joy. People are attracted to you. Our world, you know what our world wants to see? Our world desperately wants to see a church that is a reflection of Christ. A church that lives in the joy of the Lord. The world desperately wants to see disciples and churches produce the fruit of the Spirit, filling themselves with the joy of the Lord. Over and over and over again. My prayer that it will be for you. My prayer is that you realize how much you have and what God has done for you and that joy only comes from Him. And stop chasing after temporary situations and narrowing your view to things and items rather than broadening your perspective and realizing what God has for you. Amen? Let's stand. I want to pray a blessing over you. Is that okay? Would you lift your hands? I'm going to pray for you. Wherever you are, lift your hands. I'm glad to be back. This is fun. I'm enjoying the presence of the Lord. Amen. With your hands open, let's pray. Father, Lord God, we come to you. May the blessings of our brothers and sisters gathered here today, may it overflow in their lives. Continue to pour out your anointing and blessing over them. Give us the strength to stand in you. Give us the strength to believe in you. Give us the strength to be filled with your spirit with your spirit and your presence. May our joy not be seduced 
by, by circumstances and temporary situations. But Lord, let us realize that we are in you. Let us realize that if we have an eternal perspective, if we know and see the gifts of grace that you pour into our lives, if we have this divine contentment, we will truly enjoy life. We will truly enjoy everyday life, everyday situations. We'll take pleasure in seeing the things that come into our life. Rather than fighting against them, we enjoy them. So bless your people. Pour out your love and grace over their lives. Equip them, saturate them, bless them. Cover them under your blessing. We thank you for all that you do. We honor you. We bless you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.